Welcome to Inspired Artist Podcast with me, Porter Singer, formerly Sirgan Carr, all about that in the previous podcast episode with Justin Land. Today I'm speaking with Guru Ganesha Singh, who is talking candidly about what we are finding out about Yogi Bhajan and the 3HO community and how he is processing that and interpreting it and going forward. In the beginning, you'll hear him reference an email that was sent out to the Oregon community by a community member named Sut Puvin, who is one of the uh, kids who grew up in 3HO. And so I am posting it in the description notes just to give y'all some context of what he's talking about. Um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty beautifully written and amazingly uh, thoughtful email and account of um, her process and how she decided to come out with her story and gives a little bit of insight as to why many people um, of her generation still haven't. Um, So here we go. The whole uh, Yogi G thing is quite a shocker. Although I'd been hearing rumblings for two or three decades, I just thought it was all, you know, BS. But then, uh, woof, it's undeniable. And, uh, you know, so you gotta, you gotta condemn that behavior. You gotta be there for our daughters. You gotta believe our daughters. I mean, these are a lot of the ladies are second generation 3HO people. Mm-hmm. born of the old timers not that it matters really but uh so you know them personally a number of them yes mm-hmm. yeah and uh you know what kind of took me across the line was also uh cut and nose almost all of them and had numerous phone conversations confirming everything you know did you see the uh, email that Sad Pubbin sent? Are we, uh, we sh- Oh, we're rolling. Yeah, we are rolling. <laughs> oh, we're just rolling, huh? We're just rolling. <laughs> well, that's fine okay. by me. But in any event, yeah, yeah, I'm okay. Um, what was the email that Sad Pubbin sent out? Well, I- she sent an email to, that got forwarded to me somehow no, to I- the uh, Eugene community about a week ago. Uh, and uh, it was just very, uh, you know, the abuse she suffered was just very shocking. And but it was a powerful story. And uh, people that are even old timers that are like totally set in their uh, in their ways, uh, grudgingly have to start admitting that, hey, you know, it wasn't all, uh, you know, on the up and up. And in fact, it was quite despicable what was going on. And, you know. I know I, I, for one, I think that 3HO, Kundalini Yoga, all of us have to acknowledge this ASAP, condemn it, you know, come up with a plan for helping the victims. And that's the only, you know, and then maybe there's the the potentiality of, you know, finding a way to keep some of the, the, the good aspects. And there's been a lot of good. Yeah. That's, gone on and uh, and uh, keep them going but uh, if you know we're gonna have this big chasm between us and half people uh, you know believe it and half people don't 
it's going to be very hard for any of the organizations to move forward, you know? Yeah. Because your generation is 90, 95% clear. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to put up with any bullshit. Well, you know, in fairness, I think, especially those like me who came in not through their parents, you know, but like by choice. And it was only like 10 years ago, you know. So I haven't built the vast majority of my life around this yet, right? So it's not going to be as assaulting to my identity, nor right. obviously, as somebody who's, you know, who has been doing this for so many more years. So I totally understand why it's a difficult, you know, thing to, to process, you know. Well, yeah, I, uh, you know, I can only speak from my little microcosm. I've been in the house. I've had a little mild flu for about two and a half weeks, feeling much better now. And I started posting music every day. But, you know, and uh, in my little microcosm with, with the Madam Undercar, my wife and I, um, you know, we've each got about 40 years into this and came in because of the goodness. Yeah. Because of the desire to do good, because of desire to, you know, help, help people become happy, healthy, and holy. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, kind of that's how we've been operating for 48 years. And there's, a, you know, a lot of beautiful things that have happened. And now looking back, there's a lot of not so beautiful things that happened. And that maybe uh, partially because many of us had our head in the sand. And uh, there, were, there were signs and signals, but we just, uh, you know... We uh, we only had happy ears to what Yogi G was saying, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, 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 I don't think in any way, manner, or form does it. Uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, uh, void out the good works. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, hey, the past is the past. It's I mean, we we definitely have to kind of make it right for our daughters that got got hurt. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, and sons, people were reminding me. Of and that. sons. Yes. Right. And, <laughs> and sons. And yeah. And uh, there were, uh, you know, there were numerous ways that people were hurt and uh, you know, I've had to educate myself a lot. I, uh, I did read early on. I read Premka's book and I've, I've, I've always had an, uh, you know, a, a nice but distant relationship with Premka, but I respected her. I respected what she brought to the organization. And uh, I mean, a lot of what it started to become was because of her hard work. And uh, I also felt that, uh, you know, so I wanted to read the book and the book. Did you read the book? He did. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I felt it was extremely vivid portrayal of what uh, life was like in early 3HO, at least outside the curtain, you know, and I, I found it very fascinating. And if I might say even it was entertaining to revisit those years, it was a lot of uh, passion and excitement. Uh, you know, we're all in our early 20s and transitioning from psychedelics to, uh, you know, Kundalini yoga and pranayama and, and doing things intensely you know so it was kind of really powerful how she portrayed all of that and then uh you know then uh, we read about the behind the curtain stuff that was quite uh 
Well, it wasn't unexpected because, uh, you know, I, I was aware of the lawsuits in the 80s and so forth, but somehow reading it and uh, I just found it believable. Mm-hmm. And then about two weeks after, and then I was still kind of just sitting with it for two weeks. Then I got a call from uh, uh, one of our second generation women, very respected, still in the community, a teacher. And she, you know, basically said to me that she was calling a handful of people that she trusted because, you know, she had read the book and she was also heartened by, uh, you know, the response to the book and how many people were starting to believe that this kind of stuff was possible. And she said she'd been, she needed to unburden herself after carrying it around for, you know, it, it started for her when she was 19. And it was a total shock to her because, you know, her, her parents are in the Dharma or were in the Dharma at the time. And so she viewed Yogi Ji as a godlike, you know, person, one to be obeyed. And, uh, you know, it went over the line and she's been carrying it around. Uh, I think she mentioned to me that she tried once or twice over the years to speak to people about it, but she was, you know, wasn't believed. And they, you know, they thought she was cuckoo, you know, God forbid you say anything like that in those days. And, uh, but, you know, we spent almost 45 minutes on the phone and it shook me to the core. And there were a lot of tears coming from both directions. And I, you know, I felt like I owed her an apology from the first generation. You know, I wasn't really, you know, I'm living in an outskirts ashram in Washington, D.C. for most of my 3HO career, North Virginia, D.C., Northern California. But um, still, I look back and I have regrets. I had friends who left uh, and who I didn't call. I should have picked up the phone, but I just bought into the, the story, the party line about why they left. Instead of picking up my, the phone and calling my own friends. It was a little harder back then. You, you know, you had a phone on a wall, basically. And uh, only one in the house for everybody, right? But I still could have picked up the phone and say, hey, man, what's happening? Why, why, why did you leave? We're here. I'm hearing this story, but I didn't do it. So there's well, exactly. more than a hand. Huh? Oh, sorry. I'm going to pause for a second because my, my four-year-old wants something. Bob's, I'm on a podcast. <laughs> Don't you have any sense of what is going on here? I was getting noisy on my side. <laughs> so that's something I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that I think people who weren't there at the time might have a difficult time understanding. You know, I think, uh, uh, those of us who, you know, weren't, uh, you know, didn't have direct firsthand experience with it all, still have to take some responsibility because, uh, you know, there were stories and um, we should have done more than just poo-poo the stories. These are coming from people who we loved and with people we considered to be very credible people. And it was just, uh, you know, the culture was uh, to speak ill of uh, YB mm-hmm. was uh, slanderous. 
So some good learnings for all of us moving into the future, you know, maybe putting humans on pedestals, perhaps not the best idea. Right, right. And uh, being, uh, this was supposed to be the yoga of awareness. Well, <laughs> how aware? And any, and, and any leader asking, telling people uh, that any kind of questioning is either shaktipad or slanderous. You know, maybe uh, if you're fully aware, you're thinking twice about that kind of guidance. Yeah. But, you know, at the same time, I have tremendous love and respect uh, for, you know, there's a lot of old timers still in the community that are in complete and total denial about this stuff. And in a way, it's, you know, there's a certain nobility to believing that your spiritual teacher is, you know, a touch nothing saint. And uh, particularly uh, when he told you that he would be slandered over and over and over and over again. Yeah, that's how she starts the book, I remember, is by quoting him saying, you will, most of you will betray me or a lot of you will betray me. Um, and what exactly does that mean? <laughs> right. But, right. Uh, you know, it was clear that uh, what it meant was, you know, uh, telling people what was going on behind closed doors. Yeah, that was a betrayal. It was a betrayal to a betrayal. So, uh, you know, I know a lot of people are ready to pick up the, I, I think what, what, what needs to happen, and I'm not sure it can happen is, I think all the powers that be, uh, you know, under the 3HO, KRI, Kundalini Yoga as taught by Yogi Bhajan umbrella, I think have to accept the truth. And uh, then there's the potential together to move forward and talk about, all right, how we have a lot of beautiful things in place or things that could potentially serve maybe even, uh, uh, you, know, you know, in better ways moving forward. But unless we're willing to acknowledge, you know, what took place in the past and it's gonna be a big fight between the people who, you know, uh, believe our daughters and the people who don't believe our daughters, uh, the whole thing could crumble into dust. And, you know, hey, organizations have crumbled in the past. And the uh, most important part to me of everything that's happened over the last 50 years are the people and the relationships. And, uh, you know, if it hadn't been for all of this, you and I would have never gotten to meet. We've never gotten to play some music together and to know and appreciate each other. And that goes, you know, I have relationships, so many beautiful relationships like that in every direction all over the world now. Yeah. So there is a 3HO family. Hopefully somehow we can keep that together in some way, manner or form. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you think about all the people on this planet who don't know what it's like to, to have that sort of community. Um, it's very special. It has been very special, and you know, as a touring artist, um, God, I remember 
you know, from about 2000 to midway through 2011, Sonatum and I must have delivered uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 800 to 1,000 concerts all over the world. And uh, in those days, you know, but, uh, money was very tight. We stayed 80, 90% of the time, probably the first seven, eight years in ashrams, Kundalini Yoga ashrams, you know. And uh, the minute you walked in the door, it felt like home. Mm -hmm. I used to joke that I had homes on all seven continents and swimming pools on all the continents that I don't have to, you know, clean in the morning, but I had full use of, you know, and, and uh, hundreds and hundreds of uh, ashrams with sadhana rooms and you know, with beautiful oriental rugs so that when I'm in town, I can, I can, you know, do yoga there in a beautiful environment. So that, you know, is a legacy that we all built. I know for, you know, we were always in the habit of saying, oh, that Yogi Bhajan built. No, 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 no. You know, he, he definitely contributed, but uh, we all built it. Mm -hmm. and, we're also the ones that put him way up there on the pedestal. I, I think he was probably shocked how high up on the pedestal. <laughs> right. Well, so, you know, it's, uh, it's refreshing to remember that, uh, that, you know, we are, we are the creators. We are the, the light too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think in a way he continues to teach. Yeah. I always joke that ultimately I realized, you know, it wasn't one person that was my spiritual teacher. All 7.7 .7 billion people are my spiritual teacher. And many of you teach me what to do and probably more of you teach me what not to do. And, uh, you know, th those of you who do that are the really the better teachers. Right, right. And uh, so Yogi G has done both clearly. Mm-hmm. He kind of sabotaged his own legacy if we end up having having to take his name off of all the materials, which is already starting to happen. Is it? Yeah, it's happening in some places. And, uh, you know, pictures are coming down in yoga centers and things like that. And uh, really, people can get upset at the people taking down the pictures. But if you think about it, you know, there's one person that's responsible for those pictures coming down. It's the guy in the frame. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so uh, at the same time, we're all doing some deep self-examination. I know I am because uh, I understand that aspect of being a human, that aspect of being a man, whatever you want to call it. It's probably not exclusive to males, although males seem to be uh, the majority uh, practitioners of these kinds of uh, horrific behaviors but uh you know there's that shadow side and it actually needs a little bit of a hug periodically because otherwise if it gets too repressed and and buried somewhere in some basement compartment of the psyche it can, it can kind of lash back in in strange ways yeah. So what, when you brought up the, the, the photo thing, what I thought of was there were a few things that I was surprised about in Premka's novel. One was that people were in such uproar about it and it was actually 
I felt like a pretty respectful <laughs> portrayal of something, you yeah. know, it was, it was hardly um, National Enquirer, you know. Yeah, um, and I, what I liked about it is she didn't portray herself as a victim. Right, right. Uh, yeah. She, she took full responsibility for her part and everything, you know. Yeah, yeah. so uh, anyway, but, but one of the things I found was, another thing I thought was interesting was the mention um, Yogi Bhajan kept reminding her that her picture was on all these people's altars. And I thought <laughs> that her picture was. Yes, we were even <laughs> like people were even adding photos of him and her to their altars at that time. Um, Secretary General, yes, yeah, she had a very, I mean, this is clearly how he was. There was this quid pro quo going on that is very, uh, you know. Uh, unseemly that uh, okay well you do this and you have a domain and i'm going to exalt you and i'm going to give you this glorious title and uh, god forbid you ever speak evil well look at what you're going to lose mm -hmm. so you know um on one hand uh, he was a a brilliant uh, manipulator of circumstances and uh, events to, you know, and this has been one of the hard parts for us old timers is we don't want to believe that the motive for everything was so cynical. You know, we mm -hmm. kind of want to believe now, at least those of us who aren't denying this stuff anymore, that, that there was perhaps a saint in there too, that there could be a saint and sinner in one. I'm, I know myself, I'm kind of a, you know, I've got both inside me. And uh, I imagine, I think almost everybody probably has, uh, you know, tendencies in both directions. Right, right. Yeah. Well, and with that amount of confidence, you would imagine that in presence, you would imagine that somebody would go pretty far on either extreme too. Yeah, well, you know, he had an unbelievably powerfully charismatic presence. I know. See, I came out of the late 60s, early 70s, uh, you know, taking LSD probably 100 to 150 times, playing in a rock and roll band. But, uh, you know, I did end up with a few ba really bad LSD trips, and a bad LSD trip is pretty memorable in its intensity. <laughs> And, uh, you know, so I, I, you know, it was 1972, January, February, when I first started to cross paths with the energy of uh, Yogiji. And, uh, uh, you know, I took a couple of classes before I actually met him. He came and taught a uh, meditation class at UMass in Amherst. I, I was attending Clark University in Worcester, about an hour and a half, two hour drive away. But... Uh, uh, you know, at the time, I think I could say that I was a little bit confused about, you know, who I was and what my purpose was and what I should do with the rest of my life. And here came this magnetic human being who spoke with utter certainty. And that was very intoxicating for a generation of us hippies. To and also to have somebody telling us to keep our hair when... Uh, Everybody else was telling us to get a haircut because, you know, I became a hippie and started growing my hair in like 1967. Mm -hmm. if everybody literally was down on our look and our, you know, lifestyle. And here we got this, you know, kind of a knight uh, uh, on a 
horse, you know, riding in thunderously from the east with this majestic turban and everything, telling us that, uh, hey, we were on the right path, not the wrong path. We just needed to hitch our wagon to him and he would take us the rest of the way. So it was very, very, very heady, intoxicating message that he was delivering and backed it up with some pretty, pretty far out yogic stuff. Yeah. yeah. Whoever created it, you know, uh, you know, in, in retrospect, it was powerful SH dash T. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, naturally, we got very attached to the messenger. Yeah. We weren't quite ready to attach ourselves to the one. But we were, you know, we were, and, and you know, in a retrospect, you know, I'm a believer in the goodness of God, the universe, the force, whatever you want to call it. I believe that the force is benevolent. So the force at that time delivered Yogi G up to me, which was probably exactly what I needed to get my attention because I was still kind of in a depression. My dad passed away unexpectedly when I was 17. We had a great relationship. He was a, uh, he was in show business. He sang, he danced, but what he did best was tell jokes. He was funniest man ever. And uh, I must have gone two years from the time he passed away till I met Yogi Bhajan before I had the kind of belly laughs that I did at that meditation class, Yogi G. I don't know why, and I'm, I, I'm not sure anybody else was laughing as much as I was laughing, but he was speaking directly to my condition at that moment in time and space, and I found it hilarious. I, I, actually, in retrospect, I may have been a little bit stoned. Uh, <laughs> at the time, but it was a good way to hear him, or maybe not a good way to hear him. Awesome. <laughs> I never expected that this uh, conversation would go here, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's all good. <laughs> I think, you know, one of the things I think that's so freeing about this is like we look at, okay, this man that I held, that I put on somewhat of a pedestal, you know, for, for the 10 years that I was involved in this. I mean, I, I sort of thought of myself as not, not, you know, bowing to Yogi Bhajan, but, you know, in a lot of ways I did. You carry that bana pretty well, though. Well, and, <laughs> but, but just how freeing it feels to, to see, all right, he was a human being. How many other people in history do we only look at their good works and not understand that they were also complex individuals? I know. You know? If you think about it, just about every eccentric genius that ever lived <laughs> had a very bizarre other side, you know, <laughs> which is why, I mean, Hollywood's been exploiting that for decades, right? The stories of these uh, uh, musicians in particular were all crazy, as you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> and, uh, but you, you know, you read the story of, or see the story of a Mozart or a Beethoven, and it's like, wow. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I guess I'm not 100% ready in terms of with Yogi G to, you know, uh, I, 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 I kind of want to go into a period of, uh, I'm, I'm in early stages of grieving, you know. Yeah, no, that's understandable. And going through all those different stages and, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm giving myself permission not to dwell too much on the positive for a while. Mm 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, especially because I think that's been used as a tactic by 3HO and KRI for a while. Like, oh, if he did this, it was because it was for your good, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Because he, he yeah. you know? Um, and so that doesn't feel so great because we don't want to, we don't want to just be saying like, oh, if he tripped you, that was good. If he hit you, that was well, good. Well, it's kind of like, you know, we all carry like a, a bullshit meter in the left hemisphere of our brain. It's got a gauge on it. Okay. And whereas that stuff wouldn't trigger the gauge so much in the past. Now, all of a sudden, it's like the gauge is off the charts when you start hearing those kind of comments. And maybe that gauge will settle back down at some point. But. Right. I mean, you know, because ultimately, if it happened to you, then, you know, it was yours to process in that moment. I mean, that's the reality. Like, it couldn't have happened differently. So. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or it didn't happen differently. I guess it could have happened differently, but it didn't. Yeah, so it's, uh, you know, I, I uh, it would be nice if we could go back into time uh, to when, uh, you know, everything, well, you know, Yogi Bhajan was a touch-nothing saint and, there was no coronavirus on the planet, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, uh, this is, uh, the teachings of yoga, right? Be here now yeah. and be, be here with it all. Yeah. And, uh, still, you know, I, 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 I think I've been feeling my heart center more, uh, than I ever have, especially over the last couple of months. And, uh, you know, find myself tearing up while I'm watching a story on, uh, you know, the evening news uh, about a 29-year-old dying of uh, coronavirus and, uh, because she couldn't get the test. Uh, I, you know, that's just, we're all, I think, kind of in a little bit of a very sensitive place emotionally right now, don't you think? Yeah, yeah. This is a really interesting year. I mean, it was like, I... I heard about the book. I heard all these new, all this new information started coming to me about Yogi Bhajan. And then suddenly we're in, the, we're in the midst of a worldwide pandemic, which I'll say the actual illness isn't affecting me at all currently, but the, the measures that have been put in place, I'm definitely feeling. So right. yeah, what an interesting March. Boy, I'll <laughs> tell you how programmed I was that when the, coronavirus hit and it was you know very right around when uh, you know the intensity of some of these accusations were starting to hit and I was I was feeling so guilty about believing the accusations that one day I found myself thinking hmm have I caused this Corona, uh, corona uh, what is it called? A uh, corona, corona pandemic. I was going to say Corolla. Uh, <laughs> have I caused this corona pandemic myself because I've lost faith in my spiritual teacher? It's amazing what the mind, uh, uh, you know, how the mind can turn against itself if you let it, you know. No, but I mean, that's not so far off. I mean, those were things that. I feel like he was saying, or at least alluding to, you know, like if you, if you do such and such, then there will be, you know, repercussions for your actions. That's. I'm, I'm still worried about the 108 million lifetimes starting again as a crawling creature, you know. 
<laughs> He'll be really short. Don't worry. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be like one squash. One. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I've been thinking more about uh, death too. Just, uh, and uh, you know, I still believe that, uh, you know, what animates our physical body is some form of spirit or soul. And I can't prove it. <laughs> and I don't want anybody to believe me. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to be anybody's teacher. <laughs> but uh, my belief is that, uh, you know, the soul lives forever. But I'm, you know, I'm not 100% clear now as, you know, I can definitely tell that this physical body is not going to be functional forever. Mm -hmm. um, although as long, far back as I can remember, I've had this body. I don't remember past lives. Perhaps you do. No. Uh, I'm always fascinated by people who do, you know, no. especially people who remember my past lives when I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, somehow I have an optimistic view of what's going to happen when my physical body you know, takes its last breath, but we'll see, you know, so, but it, it helps me look at, uh, my own, the, the demise of my own physical body in a, uh, in a less fearful way, you know, mm -hmm. and also the mantra, you know, just somehow some deep feeling of being home when I'm chanting. Mm -hmm. And it's not just, mantras, you know, and, and chanting any kind of positive message music, you know, because I've been singing a lot of English lately, too. Yeah. And, uh, but, uh, like this morning, I woke up, and I was, I hope I'm not talking too much. No, this is the idea. <laughs> oh, okay. So, this morning, I woke up, and I was feeling grumpy. And, you know, my wife asked me something, and, uh, I could immediately feel a little bit of that. Argh! And I said, honey, let, let me go downstairs. I need my orange juice with my vitamin C and I need my black tea with my half and a half and my, I mean, it, you know, I do have some addictions, <laughs> but I know myself well enough to know. But then I got downstairs and I started drinking the tea and I have my guitar, my, my favorite guitar, my curly maple uh, Taylor. And cutaway, you know, acoustic guitar, kind of medium body. But the tone, I, could t I, I, I played that guitar probably for nine of the 11 years that I toured with Sonata. And she always loved the acoustic guitar sound, through, you know, through a PA better than the, uh, an electric guitar, which I, now in the band, I play electric guitar more than acoustic guitar. But that instrument is just, I keep it out on the stand. I see it. After a couple of cups of tea, and I put a few tea bags in there, so my heart was starting to kick into gear. I just couldn't help it. I grabbed it, turned on the amp. Such a nice room with a lot of light coming from all the directions. And every day, kind of a different, uh, either a mantra or an old tune or a new tune starts coming through. And then I hop on that. And then everything else just goes away, you know? There's no past, there's no future. And I also, it feels really good to know. And I got my iPhone with me, a little music stand, and I said, 
if I want to transmit, if I'm if I'm liking what's happening, I want to transmit uh, some of it out to my family. You know, to because I know you do that too. It it's such a good feeling because you know, uh, music loves people as much as people love music. Because mm -hmm. what is what is the music without people? Now I can be totally content just sitting for hours by myself. You know, but there's something really special about I've been just transmitting out maybe a one minute clip or a one minute and 30 second clip, you know, either on the Gurganesha band Instagram or Facebook page or on my personal Facebook page. And it's feeling so good. I'm getting so many, so much positive love and support and sweet messages back. I'm feeling more connected. I've been kind of, we've been in isolation because I think maybe I, perhaps had some bug. I don't know if, you know, there's no testing around here. And, uh, but it feels so nice. It's kind of like doing a little mini one minute cyber concert, you know, and getting all that positive. Cause you know what it feels like when people are enjoying the music that's being transmitted through you, you know, it's such a, a, a such a blessing. I wish everybody on the planet could have it. It's I always encourage people to, even if they don't think they can play, find a musical instrument that calls to you and get it and just start making sounds with it and love the sounds that you're making with it. And don't compare the sounds you're making with any other sounds in the universe. But, uh, so it's, a, it's all of a sudden there's this intimacy happening now as we're all, you know, we socializing more through the internet than in person, you know? Have you been finding that? Yeah, for sure. I'm taking notes as you write, so I'm trying to mute it so you don't hear my keys. But yeah, for sure. I think it's a really interesting time to be in isolation because, you know, a few years ago, we wouldn't have had access to people at all if we were just staying in our homes and here, I mean, we have more access to people through our computers than we do if we walk outside. So, interesting. Sarah, a little secret, you know. It's funny. I'll be. I'll turn uh, seventy later this year in September. And uh, I promise, I won't tell anyone except for the people who listen to this. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> no, but the secret wasn't about my age, but it was uh, more about that I've been having these little fantasy, uh, you know, retirement fantasies. You know, because I still have two things going on. I still do sales training out into the tech industry. Uh -huh. I have a company called Conscious Selling, and I have some great, I have a great business partner and some younger, smarter, more charismatic colleagues. And we do sales training mainly to tech companies, you know, for their sales force that sells the business to business, uh, you know, big dollar technical solutions. And uh, so, you know, I enjoy that. I enjoy teaching people how to, uh, you know, uh, uh, be successful, but in a conscious, integrity-based, really serviceful way. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's 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 a lot of energy to get on a plane and fly somewhere and do a, spend a day teaching like that. And then, of course, I, you know, my my big passion in life for the last twenty years has been, you know, the music, and touring i was a you know a touring junkie in particular for many years you know so uh but it's funny 
uh, lately I've been thinking, wouldn't it be nice to just get up every morning like my grandfather did when he retired and just, you know, basically decide on the fly how you're going to spend the day. <laughs> and, you know, that's what's kind of happened with this whole thing unexpectedly. And I must say, there's something very, very sweet about, you know, and also, you know, where uh, MM and I are kind of, you know, our kids are in their 40s and the grand, there's grandchildren on the other side of the country and we can't really go at the moment and so forth. So I'm having this and I'm trying not to feel too guilty about it. But boy, it's kind of fun going through a day and just deciding what to do moment by moment. Back to true hippie freedom. And I have less of this voice, uh, you know, saying, ah, oh, you have to do your 31 minute meditation now. You have to do your two and a half hour sadhana now. And you know what? I'm doing as much yoga and meditation, maybe more than when I had that should voice as powerful as it was. And just going with the flow, getting in the river and relaxing and knowing uh, it's going to take us to the ocean whether we like it or not. So why not, as the Grateful Dead might say, why, you know, why not enjoy the ride? So that's kind of how I've been living lately. And I think that's why a lot of there's a lot of joy bubbling through the little music that I've been posting. and. So there's my story, Sergan, uh, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Thank you so much for, for doing this. I know we've been talking about it for a while, and it would have been a very different podcast if we'd done it a couple months ago. But um, I got the feeling this might be an interesting podcast to people. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, to hear maybe what an, an old-timer's perspective on all this stuff, you know. Definitely. Although I'm feeling very youthful at the moment. Maybe I have a few more years left. I think your perceived is useful, Gary Ganesh. <laughs> so are we good? Yeah, great. Um, do you want to just tell people how they can connect with you and maybe listen to your live streams and all that? Yeah, yeah, you can. Uh, um, well, let's see. Uh, there's a lot of beautiful recorded music. Uh, that I did, I did a bunch of solo albums that's under Guru Ganesha or Guru Ganesha Singh. I did a few albums with Sanatam Kar, Joy Is Now, Guru Ganesha and Sanatam. And we did a live album together, Sanatam Kar live uh, with uh, Guru Ganesha. And then I've got about four or five, we have four or five albums, Guru Ganesha band albums that uh, I've made uh, over the last seven, eight years with the uh, Sakatar Singh. There's Sangat Singh, Trip Dudley, Fabio, and uh, 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 all just amazingly talented folks. But there's a beautiful amalgamation. We're a band without a leader. We're like, we operate via total uh, consensus. So the collaborative spirit is really wonderful. And uh, all of that music is available on uh, streaming on Apple Music. It's on Spotify, all the major streaming services. And then... If you want to get some free little music clips, I've been posting three or four times a week on uh, Gurganesha Band uh, Instagram, Facebook pages, and also my personal Gurganesha Kalsa uh, Facebook uh, page. So there you have it, some shameless promotion. Uh, no, I, you know. I asked you, so it's still, still good. 
Yeah, we got to because, uh, you know, there's no gigs out there for musicians right now. So we need people to stream the music so you can make your one-tenth of one-tenth of one-tenth of one-tenth of one-tenth of a penny right. every time they play one of your songs. So do it but it's good. It's nice to get a little bread on the table, too. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, cool. Well, thank you very much. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And um, I will maybe talk to you soon, hopefully. And bless you and your new life in Seattle. Yes, thank you. I've been noticing how happy you look and, uh, and uh, just uh, really admiring the courage that it took to you know, create your life. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. And, and, you know, yeah, challenge at <laughs> times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, uh, we, we, uh, uh, I think, uh, the, the good Lord seems to love serving up challenges, right? <laughs> yeah. How else would you get stronger? I, I wouldn't mind maybe a couple of weeks off with, with a <laughs> minimal of challenges though. Right. right? Yeah, life vacations don't seem to exist, huh? <laughs> no, even people that go on vacations now end up on a boat in the middle of the ocean with the, <laughs> with everybody having the coronavirus, you know? So you, as John Lennon said, life is what happens to you while you make other plans, huh? Right, that's right. Much love to all of you out there listening. Much love to you, Sergun, and so wonderful to spend some time with you. You too, feel better. All Bye. right. Thank you, Sadnam.